just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guys Show podcast with your host, Ian Dos Mackay. Today's guest is world-class CrossFit trainer and competitor, Dan Wells. He competes, he trains, and he's a personal trainer. He runs his own gym, and he's a notable TV personality as well as a father. In this episode, we discuss CrossFit, why you should check it out, and how you can use CrossFit to transform your fitness and in turn your own life. But first, a quick word about affiliates. Next Level Guy has some amazing deals with some awesome companies. To see the exclusive listener deals, discount codes and special offers, simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. I'd highly recommend that you pick up a copy of the Tools of Titans book. That's by Tim Ferriss, which is available from my Amazon link. The Beautiful Whey Protein Powder from the Protein Works, which includes the awesome Jaffa Cake flavour. And if you want to become a great lover, then you need to check out the OMG Yes, which is a modern hands-on explanation and teaching tool for sexual pleasure. But if you want to get the girls, simply check out The Natural, which is by RSD Nation and RSD Max. You'll find a review on the site. And if you want to build muscle and learn to be great in the gym, you simply need to check out The Lifting Lyceum. And that's by Greg Nichols and Omar Usuf. You'll find all the links for these and more on the affiliates page. That's at www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. And now to the interview with Dan. Enjoy. Thank you very much for doing this, Dan. I really appreciate it. But for people who are not sure who you are, how would you say who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Dan Wells. I'm a CrossFit, multiple CrossFit affiliate owner, uh, former games athlete. I live in Southern California. Got three kids. And what I do is I try to help people become the best versions of themselves they can be, not only in the gym, but uh, in every aspect of their life. And I do that through fitness. And uh, do you, so can you tell me a little bit about how you grew up? You know, whereabout did you grow up? Did you have brothers and sisters? What, you know, what were you interested in as a child? Were you always into sport? Yeah, man, sure. Uh, I grew up with a little brother, and the two of us, Basically explored the hillsides and creeks and valleys and, uh, you know, played war and <laughs> wrestled and hunted and, you know, that's how we grew up. We, we had about a dozen horses on my property at any time, everything from cats and dogs and cows to goats, uh, just kind of had a, I guess, a, sort of a true suburb uh, not necessarily out in the in the boonies, but a true suburb upbringing, with, as it were. Yeah, sounds a lot like mine, except I have an older brother, and uh, the younger brothers are always the better brothers, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> my little brother, I would not tangle with him anymore. He's he's a badass now. He was an NCAA champion wrestler. I, it, it, it helps to get beat up by by your uh, big brother for too many years. Well, I, I'm about five or six inches above my brother, so he doesn't try anymore, you know. <laughs> So how how did you get into CrossFit? You know, I mean, we. All... By the way, thanks for using inches. That's uh, I appreciate you catering to me like that. <laughs> well, I, I thought you deserved it, you know. 
<laughs> so how did uh, how did this kick yeah CrossFit. You know, how did you go from like playing war and you know playing outside and all that into like weightlifting and CrossFit? It just doesn't. It's a bit of a weird path. Yeah. So in essence, as a kid, we my brother and I had free reign. If we never had a curfew, we never had uh, we never told to do our homework. We never told to play a sport, really. And we just sort of gravitated towards uh, ambition, I guess, towards trying to become better at anything that we did. Uh, through competing against each other, we'd figure out that if we practiced, we got better at things. Uh, weightlifting was an example. We'd, we'd sneak into the local, it was a tennis club, and we'd sneak in the back, we weren't members, and we'd jump into their gym and try to, we didn't know what we were doing, but we'd try to lift weights and pull down on the things and uh, we noticed that we felt stronger and it was kind of working. It took a long time before we realized actually how to do it. We had some decent coaching there in high school, but uh, I'll go ahead and fast forward to CrossFit. So I, I basically worked out my whole life, but I was the kind of guy who went in and did back and buys and then chest and tries and occasionally I would make it in for leg day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Why legs? You don't even see legs. They're they're hidden behind my jeans. I don't need to do this. Uh, but a friend of mine introduced me to CrossFit, uh, and I tried it and realized on day one that I wasn't even working out at that point. I, I hadn't even been working out compared to what these people were doing, the level to which they were pushing themselves, and the degree to which they were precisely focusing on functional movements. Can you still hear me? Okay. Uh, and I thought I could sort of go in there and muscle my way through everything, even though I was a whopping skinny 148 pounds at 5'9". Uh, I felt I could sort of will my way through things, and I just got demolished. And, and, of course, the more you go in, the more you realize that there's technique involved and that you've got to become the most efficient version of yourself you can be. Learn how to use your body as efficiently as possible. And the byproduct of that is a response by your body that creates a version of yourself that you've never even seen before when you look in the mirror. Uh, that's the physical response. And on the inside, you start to develop this confidence. And you walk into Starbucks with a little more swagger. And you realize that the little things that might have bothered you in life no longer bother you because you're managing stress better. And it just starts to permeate so many things in your life that you realize that as sucky as it is, as hard as it is when you're in there working hard, it's so worth it because now you get to roll around in the best version of yourself uh, that you have. And, and life is just way more fun that way. For those people who have been under a rock and they don't know what CrossFit is, how would you describe it? CrossFit is defined as constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity. And I know that sounds like a mouthful, so let me break that down a little bit. We're constantly changing things up. You, don't, you rarely see the same workout. We might repeat something three months later so that you can see how much you've improved. Functional movements means we work with the efficiency of the body uh, in mind. And we do things that our ancestors did a thousand years ago, 10,000 years ago. We pick things up, we carry things, we pull ourselves up, we jump, 
uh, we run, we do things like that. And because we're doing things that the body was designed to do, the body responds in, in a very natural way. And then I say performed at high intensity. In essence, we'll, we're, do, we're working as hard as we can. We set a clock and try to perform as much work as we possibly can within a given time frame, or we try to get a set load of work done as quickly as possible. And by doing that, you push yourself to a point where the body is forced to respond. It, it almost goes to a point of, okay, whatever is going on in this person's world, in, in my world, I better respond now or I might not survive. And your body is really good at surviving. It will outwit you. It will outsmart you. It will not let you starve to death. It will win. So when you force it into a situation like this, it goes, okay, shit just got real. I, I had better get rid of some of this excess fat because I clearly don't need it. He's eating plenty. And I better add a little bit of muscle or I'm not going to be able to handle these heavy weights that he's throwing into the, into the hamper every single day. And, and the body's miraculous in the way that it responds to all this conditioning. So that's in essence what CrossFit is. One thing that doesn't come up in the definition is the aspect of community. And I'll be the first to say I am lazy and I will find excuses to find something else to do. I'll sit around and watch ESPN all day if you'll let me. So I have to be really careful not surround myself with junk food, uh, not spend too many too many uh, Thursday, Friday nights with buddies that like to drink all night long, um, and not go to the gym alone. Because I know that if I do, I inevitably will not work out as hard. I just won't. But when I put myself in a group setting, that community, looking over and seeing 51-year-old Terry Hatcher at 112 pounds, still sweating, still working her butt up, but off, still moving while I want to take a rest, man, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to get back to work, and I'm going to work harder than I would have had I not surrounded myself with that community. I mean, that's that's something I struggle with at the moment. I mean, I do a lot of powerlifting and things like that, but it's the community aspect. It's the, you know, the, the brotherhood that you see in a lot of these gyms. So why do you think, you know, why do people badmouth it for a start? You know, why... You know, is there is there a reason people do that? Is there a re, is CrossFit for everyone, or you know, is anyone listening able to do CrossFit? Look, CrossFit is hard, like really hard. Mm-hmm. I, I say this to every I every intro class I teach. I'm like, look, just so you know, I'm stoked you you walked through this door today. Congratulations, first CrossFit workout. This could be the start of a completely different future for you. But know right now that it's going to be hard today and tomorrow and next week and next month. To this day, I've been doing this for six years. I'd say once or twice a week, I want to quit CrossFit forever because it's so brutal and you push yourself so hard. So that's just something that comes to the territory. And a lot of, just call them what they are, they're haters, (laughs) come in and try it. And it fucking sucks. It's really hard. And if you can't hack that, then sure, you're just going to, you know, flip it over and say, okay, that sucks. It's, 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 uh, it's for losers. It's, uh, you're going to get hurt. Uh, it, whatever excuse they have to make to make them feel better about the, cell, uh, about the fact that they can't handle the pain, really. They, it's sorry. People can hate all they want, but 
that's really what it boils down to. People, there are certain people that have physical ailments, and you know, you should always check with a doctor first. That probably shouldn't be pushing themselves if, if something traumatic has happened in their past. But for the most part, it's doable for everybody. The biggest problem with people who become haters, like you mentioned is that they'll come in the door and they try to become the best athlete in the room on the first day. And that never works. And, that's, and this is something that I believe in about as far as the, just the way that I approach life. It's all about momentum and figuring out what you want and then consistently taking at least one step a day in that direction. And inevitably, when you take one, you're like, oh, well, I've already started this I'll take two. Uh, well, it's been two. I might as well take 10, 20. And you, every day you start to see yourself move in the direction towards whatever it is that you want. So backing up. If you just come into the gym and just maybe you want to sweat. Maybe just day one you want to break a sweat. Great. Maybe you want to learn a new movement, something that you didn't know how to do before. That's an awesome goal as well. But if you take it slow and just come in one day at a time, you're not going to get overwhelmed. You're not going to become a hater. And in three months, in six months, you're a different person for the rest of your life. There is no going back because now you, your body has proven to you that it's capable beyond all measure of anything that you ever thought was possible. I mean, it's certainly something you do notice. I mean, I'm a fan of it myself. Um, initially, you see the, you know, when you're in the weightlifting community, you see people who put up the videos of, you know, the dodgy form here and there or the bad coaches, you know, it's always the kind of excuses why they don't want to do it. But mm. there's thousands of people who have life-changing transformations from it. And yeah. it's certainly become more and more accepted, especially like on more of these kind of weightlifting forums and things like that. Yeah, sure. Because I, um, I, uh, I interviewed Nick, the Raging Panda uh, Coulter, and I remember yeah. him saying it's like, it's so adaptable, uh, you know, he can manipulate it to work for him, unlike a lot of other yeah. sports. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I believe that it's scalable to any level of athlete. I really believe that. Unless there's something that's traumatically happened to you in your past and a doctor says no, then it is indeed scalable to anyone. And you will grow from there. You just get through the front door every day, show up for the one hour of CrossFit, see how you feel after a week, see how you feel after a month. Even if you start with one ring row, one squat where you can't even make it down below parallel, you're moving in the right direction, and that's the key. That's the key to everything. Momentum. You've got to be moving in the direction towards what it is that you want, or you're just going to flail around in circles your whole life, and then you die. So <laughs> if you, that's, that's it. There's, dude, there's six billion of us out here. We're, we're like ants. We're like grains of sand on the beach. There's so many people. I just got back from China. There are so many people in the world. It's ridiculous. So... As one of those people, if you don't take a moment and focus towards the direction you want to go and take one step in that direction or two or ten, you're not going to get there. You're just going to stay going in circles your whole life, and then you're going to expire. And who cares? You were one of six billion. So, you, know, you know who cares? You do. You care about your life, as you should, and you're worth it. That's what I tell people. You only get one shot at this, so why not do it in such a way 
that you're going to be the best version of yourself and actually try to do something worthwhile and maybe leave the world a little bit better than it was before you were born. So why do you think people would rather stay unfit and, you know, not healthy? Is it just because it's challenging or, you know, what do you... Yeah, do you, it's, do you it's see? easy to be lazy. So, Being lazy is super easy. And do you see, like, a, a common reason that people undertake CrossFit? You know, is there, like, do they want to get fit? Is it a medical scare or... Is it just want to get fitter? You know, is there a standard kind of reasoning that you hear from newbies at the gym? Well, at, at the end of the day, it's not a standard reason. Everybody's got their own motivation. But inevitably, I mean, let's be honest, the world responds to you, for one thing, better when you are fit and healthy. They just do. That's the way it works. And if you want the re- world to respond to you favorably then you should take care of yourself. And your, your exterior and your level of energy is a reflection of how you feel about yourself. So if you don't feel that you're worth it, well, fuck it. Why should I want to hang out with you? you? You know yourself better than anybody. So how would you... Sorry to be so harsh. But oh, no. I mean, that's what a lot of people need, is they need that kind of reminder that, you know, we haven't got an unlimited amount of time here. So for somebody listening, I mean, you're obviously going to be inspiring a lot of people who are listening. What do they need for CrossFit? You know, how, what's the minimum they need to start? How do they know to pick a good gym or where to, where to even find out more about this? Well, look, it's really important to set yourself up for success. And this is the same reason I have to work out with a group. I know I work harder that way. The same reason I can't put junk food into my house or too many beers into my house because I know I'm going to drink them and I'm going to eat the junk food. You, you've got to make things as easy as possible for you. So it's really important that the gym is relatively close. If you have to drive from out in the country, you have to drive from out in the country. That's, that's how it is. If it's an hour, it's an hour. But go to Google, find the nearest CrossFit gym. I'd say find the nearest three. Take a class at the nearest three. And you get a feel for the community and for the vibe and whatever it is that you feel like you could come back to, where you feel you're a little bit motivated, a little bit inspired to come back to, because it's hard. And when it's hard, your body's going to go, eh, that couch looks really good. Netflix binging would be really fun right now. But if you're a little inspired and you like the environment and you like the coaches and you like the people, you'll probably go back. And then eventually... It truly becomes a habit, and you're uncomfortable when you're not going to the gym, and that's a magical place to live because it doesn't take effort. It takes effort not to work out, and it does happen. It just takes a while. That takes several months to to get to that uh, place of habit. So, you know, like for somebody that's listening who they're maybe wanting to, like, you know, give it a go, but they keep coming up with excuses. They keep coming up with bullshit. You know, how can, how can you get them motivated? How can they find that internal passion? How can they find that passion to make it consistent? You know, is it just a case of packing your stuff the night before, finding a good community? It's, you know, how, what tips would you give to somebody to get that consistency in the gym? Okay, got it. Uh, so again, it's crucial in my mind that you set yourself up for success. And sure, packing your bag the night before is great, but having the people, having the community, having the 
sort of um, relationships and friends. But creating a system of accountability so that you have to answer to someone or something is massive. Even if it's a post on social media saying, hey, I went to the gym yesterday, I'm headed back tomorrow. Or if it's a friend or your mom or anyone you can call and say, hey, I promised I'm going to make it in four times this week. This is number three. Just letting you know. Uh, even if it's a calendar, just an old school calendar and committing to a Sharpie with three red, four or five red X's on it in any given week and looking over and seeing those red X's hanging from your door. Any sort of accountability factor is going to make a really big difference for you and making sure that you actually physically get your body through the door into the gym and begin this process of momentum towards really changing your life forever. And your habits are everything. It's, uh, I believe it's 96% of our the way that we operate is from our subconscious mind. And only 4% is like, okay, hold on, I'm going to actually direct myself to do this differently. But most of the time, we're on autopilot because it just takes too much brain power otherwise to be able to function. So to sort of try to push this into the subconscious zone, into the 96% zone, it takes a lot of effort. And I would say that creating accountability is the first step towards getting there. You know, what do you consider are like the physical benchmarks that an average male should try to achieve? You know, um, does CrossFit have, for example, a double body weight deadlift, or is it how how is it set up to challenge people and progress? So yeah, one of the really th- fun things about CrossFit is that instead of worrying about the scale. We have all these crazy benchmark workouts. Uh, some of them are named after women. Some of them are uh, just simple barbell lifts, trying to pick up a barbell 30 times, for example. And when you first start out, you will test yourself with some of these uh, benchmarks. And there's literally dozens of them. You can you'll find it on the Internet. Just write uh, CrossFit benchmarks. And try it out the door and see where you are at age 25 or 35 or wherever you're at in your life right now. And, uh, and then show up to the gym, just do CrossFit, even a, even a 5K is a benchmark, just do CrossFit, and then retest yourself in a month, and just see, witness for yourself the, miracul- the, the miracle of the human body, and, and what you can do when you put in the work. It's astonishing. And then try it again in three months, six months, one year. It, it really amazes me how powerful the... the human body is at responding to its environment and uh, that's what we do at CrossFit gyms we put it in the ultimate challenging environment and I mean one of the things that I used to struggle with was my mind would give out well before the body you know like mental strength is so vital um, how can people develop that toughness because you see you know on some of these like CrossFit games people push themselves to the absolute limit how can somebody listening to this start really learning to push to the proper exhaustion point, not just slightly uncomfortable? <laughs> yeah. So the mental game is, as you said, everything. Your, your, your mind is going to stop you before your body almost every time. It's, it's crazy. So what, what's worked for me is knowing that the only place I can grow that mental game is in that zone of extreme discomfort. And man, does it 
suck. It's so brutal when you just want to stop. And there's still more time, and you've got to keep pushing. So what I've learned is that when you're there, you know it, and it's a horrible feeling. But the only time you can grow is to keep moving when you have that feeling. And so you have to remind yourself that you worked this hard to get to this place. Now let's take one step, one rep, just one. And if you can take one rep when you're that tired and you want to quit that bad, you just grew. You just became stronger, not only physically, but mentally for anything that life throws at you. And inevitably, when you take one, you might take two. And it's just sort of a mentality where you have to start to, they say, embrace the suck. Because you start to like the fact that that's the only place that you can grow. And you know it. You have to get there. You have to go there. And if you just survive it and take one or two steps, you grew. You got stronger. And that can last for you know, weeks, months. Uh, so it's just a shift. It's an appreciation is really what it is. It's an appreciation for yourself and for the fact that you got yourself to that ugly place. And, of course, for the fact that you can take even one more step while you're there so that you can take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like that. It's that attitude of, you know, just one more is one more than last time. So you do one more again. Yeah, can, just one. And can you give me a little example of, like, you know, say when you started to, to compare to how your training is set up now, you know, um, what sort of things did you do at start? Did you struggle with it or were you, were you quite good with it because of your upbringing? So, yeah, I've always been sort of athletic. And as I mentioned, that's just my brother and I screwing around, playing games, playing sports. Uh, and, of course, all of our friends in our neighborhood. Uh, we've always been sort of athletic. But we were able to get away with things because we were athletic. It wasn't until I was introduced to CrossFit, and I'm, like, I'm only 170 pounds now at 5'9". So... Uh, I have no way to compete with these 220-pound dudes unless I am ultimately – I've, I've reached a point of ultimate efficiency with my movements. I've got to dial in every last millimeter as far as being smart about how I operate my machine and how I move the weights. And that's actually a lot of fun. You, you start to really appreciate and grow over time, and you become – even way more capable as an athlete in any sport that you play. And, of course, that, that breeds confidence. But the ultimate benchmark workout is a workout called Fran. If people have never heard of CrossFit, they haven't heard of Fran, but it's the ultimate benchmark workout. And what it is is uh, it involves a thing called thrusters with a barbell and pull-ups. So here's what you have to do. You have three rounds. You have to do 21 thrusters. And a thruster is holding a 95-pound bar. In the front rack position, so in front of your body with your elbows through, sort of resting on your shoulders. And with the bar there, you're going to squat down and then stand up. And as you're finishing your standing, you're going to press up so that the body's up top over your head and your whole body's locked out straight. And then you drop right back down into the bottom of a squat and continue all the way up with the barbell pressed overhead. That's called a thruster. First round, you do 21 of those thrusters. And then you jump up on a pull-up rig and do 21 pull-ups. And you've completed round one. When you finish that, you go into round two and you do the same thing, but 15 repetitions of each of the two movements. When you finish that with that, you go into round three and you'll do nine 
of the thrusters and then nine of the pull-ups. And you want to accomplish that workload as quickly as possible. So when I first started doing CrossFit, it took me about eight minutes to do all that work. And it was great because I took a lot of steps in the right direction towards mental fitness and physical fitness because I was exhausted at the end of that. Like uh, borderline wanted to puke slash kill myself. Um, now I do it in about 240, 238. Um, and again, I still want to kill myself and I still want to puke. It's a terrible feeling. Uh, but like we just mentioned, uh, moving, taking one more step when you feel that terrible is, is what's going to make you mentally stronger and uh, it's, you know, it changes everything in your life. It's, it's crazy the transformations I've seen for people. And, and honestly, it's the mental side that, that uh, people appreciate most. It just so just listening to it, it's so tiring. You know, it's that kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's just like just 21 pull-ups. Some people will never be able to do that once, and you're asking people to, you know, do uh, like round after round. So yeah. is there, for somebody that's just gone, oh, I can't even do one pull-up, is it do these kind of workouts allow, um, allow modifications to make it yeah. easier, like, you know, boxes for pull-ups and stuff like that? How can Absolutely. So... So if you're brand new and, and you're not, there's not a pull-up in your future in the next year or so, and you're n- you have no business touching a 35-pound barbell or a 45-pound barbell, we can start you off. We have a 5-pound barbell, which is great. We also have just PVC pipes, and you can go through the thruster movement with the PVC pipe, and that's going to tax your legs. Those are explosive air squats, which are going to make you really tired. And then instead of a pull-ups, we have uh, rings that hang from bars. And you just grab a hold of the rings and lean back, and you can uh, pull your body towards the rings, and then lean back again, and pull your body towards the rings 21 times. And when you do that, 21, 15, 9, you're going to be really tired if you're beginning, and you're going to get the same effect that someone else would get who's sort of been more athletic throughout their life. But that's just step one. Before you know it, you'll be on to the 35-pound barbell. And we're going to start to make the ring rows a little, we're going to change the angle of the ring rows and make it a little more difficult. And if you just get through the door, inevitably, you're going to start to respond. Your body's going to start to respond, and change will happen. It's, it's remarkable. And how important is diet? You always hear this thing of, you know, you can't out-train a bad diet. I mean, do you eat super healthy? Do you have to be super clean? Crave real food. Your body knows you need something real. You need a high-quality fat. You need vegetables, and, and you reach for it, and you start to really want it. And the thought of pounding through tons of sugar is, feels like a nightmare to you. You can. Go ahead. Try it. But your body just starts to reject it. You just you crave healthier foods. It's, it becomes very difficult to eat junk food when you're showing up to a CrossFit gym four or five times a week. And so... How can somebody start eliminating that? You know, how can they over the addiction of sugar? And you know, how how would you recommend that they start improving their diet? Yeah. So, as you mentioned, sugar is the worst. It's the culprit. It's the biggest culprit. Uh, a lot of folks are addicted, and they say the withdrawals are up there. Uh, some say worse than cocaine. It's really difficult to get folks off of sugar. So there's two ways to do it. You can go through the, the hellish nightmare of cutting sugar out cold turkey, uh, or you can just 
force yourself to, to cut back slowly. Uh, it depends on the person, I, as you can tell by, by my level of intensity uh, speaking. I'm probably more of a cold turkey type of guy. Um, but do I still consume sugar? Yep, I do. I put uh, one pack of sugar in my coffee every day, and uh, I have bits of sugar all day long. But everything is in moderation because, like I said, I, I personally can't take it if I would, had to take on too much sugar all at once. Uh, so to answer your question, sugar's the biggest culprit, and I would start to either slowly or quickly, depending on what works best for you, get that sucker out of there because it's poison over the long run and start to add in as, and fill it up with as many vegetables and high-quality real foods as you can because it's really difficult to consume a lot of junk food if you're first filling yourself up from a, from a calorie standpoint with high-quality foods, meaning nutrient-dense food, which, of course, the ultimate nutrient-dense food is something like spinach, something where per ounce you're just getting a ton of high-quality nutrients. Um, so fill, your up, fill yourself up with high-quality meats, fats, and vegetables, and if you still want to eat, you know, French fries after that, or bread or sugar, uh, you won't probably want to eat very much. But go ahead. Uh, but always start by filling yourself up with high-quality food first. And do you believe in things like cheat meals and that, or is uh, you know any particular diets, or is it just people start starving themselves and? So, look, here's my philosophy on nutrition. Uh, Again, the body is really, really smart, really smart, and it's going to outsmart you. And it looks at what you're doing. It, it, it senses, okay, what? it's blind, right? It senses what's going on in the environment, and how should I respond to the environment in such a way that I will survive? That's the reason you and I are talking right now. That's the reason you and I exist, is because our bodies, for the course of thousands of generations, were so smart that they were able to respond to these crazy environments that they were set into. So, for example, uh, the body takes in a ton of sugar. Well, it's the same body that existed 10,000 years ago. So it might think we're on an island in Fiji, and there's guavas everywhere, and there's just tons of sugar. Well, guess what? Your body also knows that guavas don't grow year-round, meaning fruits. So what's it going to do to make sure that you survive the winter? It's going to pack on a lot of storage. You're gonna, it's going to add a lot of fat so that you don't die in the winter and you are be able to uh, have your sons and, and have a next of kin and the species will survive. Okay? Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing about us is we've got a grocery store right down the street, so we don't have that problem anymore. We don't have to worry about that. But the body still responds the same way. So if you're going to overload it with sugar, it's going to respond as though you're on that island. On the same token, if your blind body notices that there's plenty of meat and vegetables and berries every single day, as much as you want, then it's not going to panic and it's not going to start to add, uh, add excess pounds of fat. And if you, on top of that, you're exercising and lifting heavy things and you have to be fast and strong, well, then your body's assuming the reason you're getting all these high-quality meats and fats and vegetables is because you're fast. You're faster than the other guy. You're faster than the animal. And you need to become even more effective and efficient as a human athlete. So how does that happen? You're going to gain muscle. You're going to lose fat because that's just slowing you down. Your body's smart enough to respond in such a way that it's going to keep you alive. So those, those are two things to think about just to pile on to that. Your body's so smart that if you survive the winter, so 
let's say you starve yourself because you mentioned starvation. The first thing your body does is, okay, oh, we're, we're going to die if I don't do something pronto. Well, the most expensive tissue on my body right now isn't fat. Fat doesn't cost much to maintain. It's, it's say it's 2,000 calories a day that you need to keep your, your body going. Well, if you get rid of some of that muscle, because the muscle requires a lot of those 2,000 calories. If you get rid of some of that muscle, then great. Now I'm only going to need 1,800 calories or eventually 1,600 calories. But if you get rid of the fat, you might knock off, say, 50. So your body starts to eat its own muscle in order to allow you to survive the winter. Okay? So you lose all this muscle by starving yourself. Then your body goes, whew, we made it. I, I, I didn't die. I'm not going to let this shit happen again. Next time, I'm putting on lots of that extra fat so that if there's ever one of these starvation winters, I'm not going to die. So that's why we see all these yo-yo cycles like we saw in Biggest Loser where they starve themselves for months and then they come back and they've gained not only the fat that they lost but even more fat because the body is so smart that it's going to make sure you survive. I mean, that was something I was going to actually ask you is what's your opinion on these kind of shows where, you know, these people have these amazing transformations and then put the weight back on five minutes later? Um, you know, because you know, people are listening to this will have done the yo-yo diets and they'll have struggled with their weight loss. And is that just a case of, you know, they're only doing it for a short amount of time and not making it a long-term habit yeah. change? Or? No, it's, it's a, what's going on with these shows is exactly what I just described to you. The body is really smart. And if you make the body think that you're in a situation where there's no food and you starve it, the body's going to survive. It's going to use what it has to use, and you're going to lose weight. Willpower can be very strong. But eventually that's going to end when you start eating again. And when you start eating, the body's going to cling on to every last calorie that you take in, and then some, because God forbid you ever put yourself into a situation like that. Your body is designed to survive. That's why this happens. The only way to effectively lose weight over the long run, is as I described to you. Show your body that there is no scarcity of food. There's plenty of food. There's plenty of high-quality meat, plenty of high-quality fat. If you want some rice for energy, go ahead. Have some, have some rice for energy and have tons and tons of vegetables. If you show your body that there's plenty of that every day, four times a day, or however much, eat whatever you want to. Just make it high-quality food. Your body isn't going to panic anymore. It's not going to be worried because it knows there's plenty of food. And then you tack onto that, the exercise, your body needs to respond to all these heavy weights and all this conditioning by becoming a leaner, more efficient, more effective athlete. And in order to do that, you're going to shave off the fat and you're going to start to tack on some muscle and you're going to have a lot more energy throughout the day. It's just a matter of managing this thermostat. It's like a thermostat in your body in such a way that your body responds to its environment in the right way. So give your body the right cues plenty of food, plenty of exercise, and it will respond. But if you starve it, you're giving it the wrong cues. You're telling it, literally, to put on some weight for a rainy day. And so what's your take also then on things like recovery? You know, how do you recover? Because CrossFit is such a grueling and challenging session. How do you make sure that you've got the energy and, the, you know, your muscles are free of, um, you know, delayed onset of muscle soreness and... You know, like, how can you just keep doing this day after day? 
Yeah. So recovery is something that's become really, really big deal for me. Uh, I there was a point from the from the get go when I overtrained because not only did I think uh, more is better all the time, but I was just little. I would feel guilty when I sat around and didn't work out. This is a this is a few years ago, uh, and this is the case with me in a lot of things. I've had to learn to work smarter, not harder. I've always thought that if I put my nose to the grindstone and outwork the next guy, then I'm going to come through in the end. Because it worked. It worked a lot when I was young, and it worked a lot through you know high school and college. But I've realized now that you've got to be smarter about things. And if you don't allow your body to recover from all the really muscle tears that you've put it through, then you're not going to be able to benefit from all the hard work that you've put in. So I take at least two days off every single week, uh, which I didn't used to. I used to work out like every day. Uh, during those two days, I try to do something I call active recovery, you know, go for a walk, go for a swim, go to the beach and go surfing. Uh, but sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll just not work out and just hang out with my kids and, and uh, you know, do whatever. But it's crucial. You, you have to be, you have to be smart enough to know that uh, taking a day off every once in a while is good for you. It's not a bad thing. It's literally the best thing you can do sometimes. So how, um, how have you found the transition then from competing to you know, running a business and coaching, etc.? How, how have you taken on that challenge and juggled everything? Because you do so much, you know, like the TV work, and how do you make sure you have enough time for everything and you're not tired all the time and you know, you're keeping up with all the demands? Sure. Uh, at the end of the day, um, what's important for me is that I'm keeping myself uncomfortable. And I know that's going to sound a little bit weird, but... Like, for example, I'll say to my kids once a week, I, I sit down with them, uh, each kid by himself, and I'm like, all right, buddy, tell me what you failed at this week. And obviously, if there's nothing that, they've, that they're responding to, then I, I'm disappointed, and they're going to know it. Because if they're not out there pushing themselves and getting uncomfortable in some situation, whether it's athletically or... Uh, you know, socially or with anything, anything, uh, working their, their brain, reading anything, then how are they, they going to grow? How are they not, how are they supposed to expand as people? And that's the way that I approach it as well. So uh, if I'm not testing boundaries, if I'm not uh, looking for new, more efficient ways to coach, better ways to lead these organizations, better ways to be uh, a business manager, I'm not growing. And I, Literally, I'll look for opportunities to get uncomfortable. I'll, get, I'll start to get uncomfortable if I've been too comfortable for too long. Like, I'll approach a stranger and you know, ask them just what time it is. It's a small, ridiculous one, but I'll ask them their opinion on something. And they'll be like, wait, what? I'm like, sorry, I know. You just, I, I need to get a stranger's opinion. And I'll just do things that are sort of out of the norm so that I'll get a little anxiety, a little uncomfortable, uh, and that's what helps me to continue growing and keeps me sort of um, fresh and excited about every day, as it were. But again, the ultimate discomfort is these damn CrossFit workouts. 
because they're so hard and I'm so uncomfortable every day. Uh, but but I love how that in and of itself bleeds into into everything else. There. The whole rest of the world feels easy compared to these CrossFit workouts. And when when you you were competing on the you know the national games etc. But how when did you start your own place and you know where can you go into like why it's called horsepower? Sure. Uh, I started about six years ago. I was at um, Brick in West Hollywood. And I just, I just fell in love with how much it not only transformed me, but was helping people all around me. And I was driving my son to school, and uh, we're over in Studio City on the other side of the hill here in, uh, in Los Angeles. And I realized that our town, Studio City, didn't have a CrossFit gym. Uh, so I thought, you know what, I love this, and I've been into fitness my whole life, uh, working not only as a trainer, but... Uh, obviously as an athlete um, I need to I need to create this for our folks in my community here in Studio City uh, and so I located a great spot and you know I basically had a had a cell I had a small apartment complex so I sold all that took all the money and invested into the gym I just moved all my eggs from one basket to another uh, and I came up with horsepower because the, the environment that I grew up in was um on a racetrack. My dad, as long as he could, I think until he was about 30, uh, he's a five foot eight jockey, so he did not eat at all. He basically smoked cigarettes and sat in the sauna. <laughs> uh, and uh, after that, he became a horse trainer because he couldn't make weight anymore. Uh, so growing up, my brother and I would go to the racetrack all the time. And um, that's sort of a, a lot of our upbringing is is horse racing and horsepower just sort of felt like it encapsulated not only that aspect of my childhood growing up but also it's just kind of a strong word that feels like strength and weightlifting and uh, you know some things you just you hear it and you know it's right it was, it was one of those things <laughs> it, it's certainly a great name when I seen it I thought perfect name like so this is the part I go into more about you as a person. Um, so I just throw out some prompts and then you just reply with whatever comes to your mind. So, for example, what's your favorite lift to do in the gym? Snatch. Uh, favorite film? Captain Fantastic. I wasn't. I was not expecting that. Um, so you you're making the ultimate dinner party. So you can have five other people. They can be alive or dead, real or fictional. Who do you, who'd you invite? <laughs> Five people? Five people. Oh, wow. Um, it says a lot about you, the answer, so. Okay. Fictional. So I could take Superman. Yeah, no, all right. Real, I like, I'm not a sci-fi guy. Let me, uh, I would start with Elon Musk. <laughs> because I just think he's the ultimate badass. Um, hashtag man crush, I think. Uh, I would tack on Barack Obama um, just because world of respect for too many reasons and uh, let's get into the dead guys um, I would I would have to have Teddy Roosevelt at that dinner whoo jeez I'm going to get emotional um, and I would have my dad and my sister and that's it whoo jeez 
Uh, okay, I'm good. You okay? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I mean that's the that's the that thing. would be a, that would be a heck of a heck of a dinner. Because that's the thing is like I would you know when I was thinking who would you ask and a lot of times it's you know family members and stuff like that. Yeah, it's I've had people who've said things like porn stars and I was just like, what, what <laughs> world do they come from? You know. So what's your favorite thing about CrossFit? And my favorite thing about CrossFit is that it works because it's like the ultimate meritocracy if you're willing to put in there's not all that many platforms in the world where you know that if you put in the work you're going to get tremendous results you might get something out of it you probably get a paycheck but with CrossFit if you work really really hard you're for sure going to be a better, more effective, more energetic person of yourself, the version of yourself than you would have been otherwise. And that's a pretty cool thing. There's not a lot of things in the world that you have that much control over just by putting in the hard work. And what, what do you hate the most about it? Is it just the workouts? Like, or is it a particular... <laughs> what I hate the most about it? Yeah, it's a, such a love-hate relationship because it's always the hardest part of my day uh, when I when I just want to quit in the middle of a workout, uh, which I never do, uh, but I want to. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a hate with a asterisk shaped like a heart. And <laughs> what's a fitness myth that you just wish would just go away? You know, what's something that drives you crazy every time you hear it? Well, I think the, the worst fitness myth is... I, I, honestly, the people's thinking that this aerobic conditioning is really good for them. Like running a marathon is going to be it, help you lose weight, and it's it's just it. You could do you can do more for yourself in a four minute Tabata, twenty seconds on, ten seconds off of sprint work, than you would running an entire marathon. Plus, you're not going to screw up your knees and hips and uh, joints for life and maybe die people die by the way too doing marathons uh it's you don't have to work you spend so many hours doing these long drawn out uh, workouts that are rough on the body just learn interval training how to sprint how to rest and how to do it with you know good human movements and uh yeah so what's one thing you'd like to change about crossfit One thing I'd like to change about CrossFit is that I wish we would go back to having more smaller regions that allowed more gyms to compete. Uh, a couple of years ago, they tightened everything up and just made it for the just absolute most elite of the elite of the top 0.1%. And it was nice when it was a little more inclusive because uh, we were able to have a lot more athletes involved in the sport of CrossFit, whereas now it's just, it's, I mean, I just beat 998 out of a thousand, out of every thousand, there were 20,000 people in my division, uh, 998 out of a thousand in my division, and I, that's not good enough to go to the CrossFit Games. You have to beat 999 out of a thousand people. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Uh, and more importantly, with the teams and the, the regionals, I, it's, it's a shame that they 
they cut it up and made it so difficult um, for anyone to be able to participate in the sport with, within the, uh, the regionals and the CrossFit Games. Um, so what would... Um so we're working towards the end of the interview now. So what is the ultimate goal for you? What drives you each day? Well, the ultimate goal for me is just to literally have a positive influence on, most importantly, my family and friends. And to be smart enough, and where I talk about work smart, not hard, to allow that to permeate into my community and the surrounding city and the state and, you know, influence folks through television and social media in a positive way and just make folks' lives better and make uh, their experience of life more fun and enjoyable and a better journey. And hopefully they, they can manifest whatever it is that they had hoped for during this life's journey. Um, if I can have a continue to have a positive influence in that regard then I'm a pretty happy guy and it's it's beautifully put and I think you're doing a very good job of it Um, can you go into how you've changed since you become a father you know um, how do you adapt to things like training with kids running a business etc well um, one thing about being I look there's if, if, to all the dads and moms out there, you know there's nothing. There is it's its own unique brand of love, uh, fatherhood, motherhood, having a kid. There's nothing like it. It's just such an intense. I wouldn't even have to blink or hesitate to take a bullet to the forehead for one of my kids. It's a very special thing. Uh, but then eventually, <laughs> they start to back, you know back talk and mouth off, and they have their own little. <laughs> things that piss you off and navig- it's, a, it's a complex dynamic relationship but uh, for me it's important to remain strong and firm for them and to lead by example and to be hard on my kids to be honest and I am and I know it and it's because it, they have friends and I say this to my said this to my son Jaden yesterday I'm like I'm not your friend dude you got a lot of friends. You got dozens of friends at school, and uh, I'm not one of them. My job is to be your father. That's it. That's my role. I'm that. I'm that one guy for you. So I'm going to make things tough on you as I see fit to help you be a better person and a more effective grown-up someday. But I'm not your friend. You understand? And he gets it. He knows that it comes from a place of such ultimate love that I'm truly just here for his best interest. Uh, he knows why why I can be really hard and demanding as a, as a father. I think that's probably one of the best things to say to people is, you know, you're not your child's friend, you're the parent, you know, and it's actually doing them a disservice not to raise them up, but to try to be nice to them, you know? Um, yeah, man, totally, absolutely. So what do you want somebody listening to this interview to take from it? I suppose it's just... Lately, I find that people, especially here in, a, in the States anyway, are very married to their set ways. It's like um, they, everybody here seems to look for things that validate the way that they do things, the way that they see life, the way that they manage themselves. And 
I would just offer up the notion that you can't really learn or grow unless you start to truly question even your, I mean, your own beliefs and your own methodologies and the, the choices you've made as to how you do things. You cannot grow if you're set in your ways and you're just looking for uh, affirmation that what you're doing is the right way. You have to constantly look within yourself and question your own habits and your own mannerisms and, and stop judging other people and criticizing them because they do things a little bit different than you. Consider it for a second. Maybe think, hey, let's, let's give that a whirl. Uh, I don't have to hate CrossFit. Let's, let's try it. Let's go out and see what happens. Let's give it a month. Let's go get a one-month membership and see. Maybe, I, maybe this isn't something that I need to be a hater of. Try it and see what happens. And so those things sort of permeate, obviously, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but the way that people see things <laughs> and, of course, uh, the way that people see their health and the methodologies that you go through in order to become the best version of yourself. So it's okay to question yourself. It's okay to think maybe I haven't been doing everything perfect my whole life because odds are perfect, perfect is not the way you've been doing things. You might be able to learn something from somebody. So uh, question yourself, get out there, and try something new. That's a, a brilliant answer. I loved it. Um, and how can somebody keep in touch with you? You know, some, You've obviously made some new fans for people listening to this. So how can people find out more about you, watch you compete, maybe come to your gym, etc.? Yeah, sure. So, well, CrossFit Horsepower. We've got a couple of gyms here in the Los Angeles area. Obviously, you just have to find it on Google. Uh, I'm on Twitter. It's just at Dan Wells. And uh, on Instagram, I couldn't get Dan Wells, so NBC put the word official in front of my name, which I still don't think I'm comfortable with. I still am like, dude, how do I get rid of that? Uh, But anyway, it's official Dan Wells for the Instagram. And um, yeah, happy to uh, respond to folks and answer any questions and hopefully this was beneficial to somebody out there no i mean it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you you've really made me want to go and try it i cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this um i can i can only wish you the best for the future thank you ian i really appreciate it. it's been a pleasure man thank you very much dan um that's it for another week thanks for listening absorb it practice it use it until next time Keep trying to hit that next level in your life.